Welcome to Walking with the Archetypes, the podcast which gives you keys to claiming your personal power. For more than a decade now, I've studied the King, Warrior, Magician, Lover archetypes, and in this time of great turmoil, I will reveal their secrets. My name is Ivan Fingenskjær-Schellum, founder of Men's Initiation, Reclaim Your Inner Throne, and it's time now to head outside and walk with the archetypes. Hey there, it's Ivan Shalom here, your host of this podcast and founder of the Men's Initiation Reclaim Your Inner Throne. And um, it is a bit of a misty, cloudy day here in Sweden, a bit wet, and I'm out walking in my local forest here, just outside of my home. I want to speak... Uh, Shall we say, I want to be a little bit more positive today. I've been covering a lot of big picture reflections on the coming of tyranny and the breakdown of truth and democracy and the uh, rise of the shadow sovereign, really. Um, And I want to give you something a little bit more close to home today. So today we're going to be speaking about intimacy and um, how to make it work. Like the problems that we are facing in the intimate sphere of our lives these days and solutions to them. And um, I think this is just really, really important these days because of the enormity of the uh, darkness that we're facing. The times that we're facing are putting us under enormous stress and we have various levels of capacity to navigate that depending on the kind of work that we've done internally. Oh my god, here are the deer again. I see six uh, female deer. Um. If we have a battle at home, if we are not safely and lovingly connected with our partners at home, not only are we faced with very dark forces in the external world, but we're faced with a battle when we come home. And we can't live like that. And so let's spend some time today on trying to improve on the relationship at home And uh, I'll be sharing a little bit from my own relationship as well. So, as I come up on the hill here and look out over the ocean, yeah, I'm ready to dive in. I can't actually see the other side today. It's so misty. If you are ready as well, let's do so. Let's dive in. So I think it's starting to become clear that for many decades now there has been a fairly well-organized war on marriage, on intimate relationship, on the healthy alliance between men and women. There's been a push through popular culture, through academia, through politics, ideology, to make men and women well, hate each other, 
and to be in some kind of battle of wills and egos and battle of the sexes. And this war has moved into the bedroom, it's moved into the kitchen, it's moved into the living room, it's moved into the workplaces, it's moved into schools. And you know what? I am fucking tired of this. And in my own personal relationship, I, I'm thriving. I'm very happy to say that. But there's a lot of love, just ease, very smooth. Though I personally had to go through many years of being fairly miserable in very, very broken relationships. I mean, there was a lot of beauty there as well. But from this vantage point of being in a very healthy relationship, I see that I was attracted to a kind of conflict. There were patterns within me that were feeding on pain. And then once I'd had enough of the pain, I was done. I was ready to be in a relationship that was just very loving. So what I will be speaking about today will be covered from the perspective of a man in a heterosexual relationship with a woman. But most of these principles can be applied in the masculine-feminine polarity as well. So if you should be in a homosexual relationship, and there may be a polarity between one partner being more masculine and one partner being more feminine, this equally applies. But I'm going to use the frame of a man in relationship with a woman. So, this feeling of the field of intimacy being just full of pain for so many is just really sad. And in the membership inside of Reclaim Unothron, we talk about this quite often. And seeing how these themes of conflict are so deeply embedded into the intimate sphere but also how relatively quickly they can be improved upon and actually be transformed almost completely. But what is the problem? Let's go back to the problem of this agenda in our culture. This push for a collectivist, globalist idealism where we are well, moving towards a kind of socialist or even communist ideal, um, the, the bond between men and women is one of the first things that need to be sacrificed. Because a marriage is an enemy of the state within this paradigm. And the paradigm that we're faced with now as we're watching some kind of dystopian collectivism spread its gnarly dark hands across the planet we know that the best thing for the dark lords if you will the best thing for them is that men and women are at war with each other and so the purpose of that is to move the attachment, especially of the women, away from the intimate sphere and towards the state. So this is not news. It's just news that it's been happening in the West in such a deliberate and strong way for 
decades. We're seeing it now, how marriage is being attacked, how parents are being attacked, how the intimate sphere is being attacked as some kind of dysfunction, you know, you're, you're having to almost have apps and contracts in order to have sex with your wife. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's very pathological. And, and this sick and twisted push for this painful state of affairs is unfortunately not visible to nearly enough people just yet. Because these pathological developments are coming under the guise of tolerance, of empathy, of women's liberation. And you can probably see that it's not working. There is no more compassion in the world than there used to be. There is no more harmony. There is no more tolerance. The very people who are preaching this message of tolerance and empathy are the most intolerant people. And from that we can deduce something that I think is very critical to understand. Is that it's not about what they say it's about. It's not about tolerance. It's not about empathy. It's not about caring for minorities and all that. It's about power. The very forces that are driving men and women apart, that are making women hate men for being toxic or oppressive or whatever, those forces are the forces that just wants to take out all of the men. These are forces that want you to be weak because then they can be strong. The state, the government in this kind of dystopian globalist paradigm, they go for the strong men first because they are the most dangerous demographic for the elites, the oligarchs, the tyrants. And so this is why masculinity has been so demonized for decades now. This is probably also why we have so many toxins in our biosphere that are actually attacking masculinity. All of the chemicals that move into the waterways and the ecosystems, they're actually taken up into the body as kind of an estrogen. And so men are biologically becoming more feminine, less potent, weaker and less fertile and predictions suggest that within the next couple of decades we may have arrived in a place in humanity where men and women simply cannot procreate any longer that the quality of the sperm is so low that men and women will not be able to have children by now having seen what i've seen in the world for the last year so, I think this has been intentional all along. Destroy the man so that you can have the state become all-powerful in an Orwellian kind of way. And in order for that to happen, you need to make women hate their men. This is a huge, huge issue. Fortunately, there are tons of women that are not playing that game. Are you willing to step out of this game?
Are you willing to work to take back your masculinity, to take back the healthy virtues of what it means to be male and start to live from them in your intimate relationship? So this is, this is the setup, this is the problem, and this is the invitation. Are you willing to go on that journey? Because I can tell you this, it is so worth it. It is so worth it. I mean, my heart and my feeling of being in love, in relationship, just so nurtured right now. I'm so uh, happy. And... My intimate relationship is a massive support, a massive source of strength, trust, um, love in a time where there's just a lot of things happening in the collective that are deeply, deeply troubling. And so after the break, I'm going to take you into an exploration of the kinds of things that you can do in your relationship. I'm going to speak mainly to the men here simply because that's my perspective. And I'm going to speak to this and uh, give you some ideas about things that you can change, that you can focus on in order to ensure that your intimate sphere becomes a massive source of love, safety, strength, power, all of those things. So I'll speak more about that after the break. If you want the capacity to really deeply attune to other people, to be present, to drop into the moment, to be fully in your body as you feel into another human being, to create deep connection with self and with other, then Sanctuary Rituals may be for you. This is the membership where we host ritual calls every two weeks where you will go deeply into transformational processes below the level of the mind. This practice is crucial for men who find themselves stuck in their head, who can't really feel energy, who can't even really feel their emotions or their body. And in Sanctuary Rituals, you will expand your capacity for energetic mastery and have profound and sustainable inner transformation. To learn more, go to innerthrone.com rituals. I hope to see you there. As I'm walking over fallen branches and big roots here, let me take you into this very positive, very optimistic exploration of what you can do as a man. If you're a woman, you know, I think you're going to enjoy this as well. Maybe you'll feel some hope, some optimism, thinking of men in your life taking on some of these perspectives. Now, the most important thing in terms of healthy relationship, in my experience, is that you need to choose your partner 100%. And so, if you're being disrespected, perhaps by your partner, by your wife, by your girlfriend, check the level of commitment that you have to her. Are you fully in? Have you fully chosen her? Because the feminine women are incredibly sensitive to you having the back door open. Incredibly sensitive to you being kind of flippant with your commitment. 
if you're with somebody who is very into open relationships and wants to be very casual, I'd consider that maybe you are with a you're with a wounded flower there. You may just be with a woman that doesn't know how to attach in a healthy way an intimate relationship. And so if you want to be in a monogamous committed relationship, then you have to find yourself a woman who also wants that and then choose her fully. So let's just be clear that you don't choose fully a woman that wants completely different things in life than you do. That is just a waste of your energy and you will be disrespected by default because you're trying to make her want something that you want but that she doesn't. And whether it's because she's traumatized or not, doesn't really matter. You're just in a context where you're never going to get your needs met. And so before you fully choose a woman, you know, make sure that she chooses you as well. That she is into the same kind of life that you are looking to create. So that's super important. What is really killing the intimate life of so many men these days is that we are afraid of commitment. And why? It's because we're weak. When we're weak as men, we don't dare to fully claim a woman's heart because beyond the face of being a fuckboy that gives a little bit of friction, we have nothing to offer. We can't hold a safe frame. We're not strong. We're not powerful. We're not a source of safety for them, we can't protect them, because we're just kind of pleasure-seeking jerks. There's a lot of men like that out there. There's a lot of men like that out there. And you don't want to be one. And if you are one, it's time to start changing that. And if you absolutely want to live in an open relationship, then fair game. I don't think it is ideal for a man to do that. I just don't think that's how a man becomes truly strong. But many of us, myself included, had to go through a phase of that in order to feel that we'd had enough pussy, you know? And that's basically what it's about. It's kind of that auto-erotic little boy. All he wants is mama's breast. All he wants is mama's womb. He just wants feminine tit all day long. He doesn't have anything else. And so that's why he is in an open relationship. Most of the time. Not always. I'm not saying, you know, it's bad. I'm just saying that for most people, it's it's an escape. Um, okay. And so fully choosing your partner is really communicating to life and the universe that you're all in. You're not playing in the gray zone. You're not playing in the vague zone. Rather, you're playing in clarity, black and white. Actually, this is a place where black and white is good. I do choose you or I don't choose you. That is good. You don't want to be in the middle of I kind of choose you. And so you're getting to be in life in a way where life will provide you a lot of feedback. You will get a lot of information about who you are in the world, who you are in relationship when you are all in. And through that information, through that feedback, through all of those data points, you get to transform yourself in a massively accelerated way, which is why intimate relationship is so bloody good as a transformational container. So the next thing I want to cover with you is to stop being fake nice, to stop smiling and trying to 
sort of suck up to your partner to try and weasel your way into getting a little bit of sex by being sweet and, and seductive. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's not to say that you can't be kind. But if you don't engage, at least in part, with the dark spectrum of your partner, then you haven't deserved her trust and she won't genuinely want to move towards you. So the only way your partner is ever going to be able to feel safe with you is when you have your darkness actually out and in clear view. And this is why um, being very careful with your language, being in a very roundabout way with things, is the death to your intimate relationship. You need to be clear. You need to be straightforward. Don't mince words. Just speak the truth. Speak it as it is. And gradually clear the crud out of your relationship so that there is that pure, fresh air of truth and of trust. It's just so worth it. So worth it. So you need to have standards. You need to have standards for yourself and for her. For him if you're gay. And... Um, if you are failing to live up to those standards, then you apologize. No problem. If you're, a, if, if you're an asshole, then apologize for being an asshole. But it's not your job to apologize to make her feel better if you didn't do anything wrong and she just demands your apology for something that she's feeling. It's not your responsibility to make her feel good. That is her responsibility. So you need to demand through the standards that you hold for the both of you that she take responsibility for her own feelings, her own emotions. Because the only person who's unwilling to do that is somebody who's very wounded, who is in a childlike way in life. And if that is the case in your partnership, and if it keeps being the case for years after you've tried to set a standard, well, you're probably with somebody who will not be able to take that journey with you. One of the things that I learned early on in my intimate life, I was a bit of a late bloomer, but I think I've been willing to learn like quite quickly. And, and I learned very early on that women don't like it if you ask permission. And so this narrative that you have to ask permission for everything is a narrative which doesn't actually fit with most women's reality. Rather, be attuned, be present. Be present and watch for signals. And so when you are in your relationship and maybe you haven't had sex for a long time and maybe you're the one who's been wanting it and she's the one who hasn't, given it that's not necessarily a given it can be the other way around as well but it's more common that the woman isn't giving sex to the man you don't go to her and ask can we have sex tonight that is like <laughs> you know because it sets up a dynamic of of a little boy asking mama for candy no, you go up and you sort of lean in energetically and you stay attuned to her responses. And if there's a little bit of resistance, 
that's okay if it's if it's kind of playful or she's kind of squirming a little bit that's okay you can keep leaning in but there may be a point where you feel like no that's too far and then you need to pull back and if you don't have the capacity to feel that then you really have work to do and that's why we have sanctuary rituals inside of Reclaiming a Throne for you to do deep energetic work so that you can actually feel these things. But that's the way to do it. You don't engage asking for permission, sort of rationalizing why you deserve sex. <laughs> you know, you intellectually engage your partner. It's like, oh, I think I deserve to have sex tonight because I've been a good partner to you today. I did bring home the milk. I did take the children to kindergarten, so I should deserve some sex now. You know, that is just pathetic. No woman will actually feel any level of turn on from that. She might give you mercy sex, you know, but she will kind of hate it. She will be resentful towards you throughout the whole thing because you're not a man. And she wants to make love to a man. And so that level of attunement to your partner... It's going to make your relationship a lot sexier and it's going to make your woman trust you so much more. Gradually, her heart is going to start opening because you're actually attuned to who she is and where she's at. And there's very little that a woman wants more than a man's capacity for attuning to where she's at. And in my own relationship, early on, I actually shared some of my deepest vulnerability. And that didn't work out so well initially, because Michelle, she's been sort of wounded in her own dating life by exactly the kinds of men who are unwilling to commit and who are just wishy-washy, that are whining about their lives and are wanting the woman to make it okay again. And so early on in my relationship with Michelle, I was in a trauma pattern. I actually was. And I was fresh out of a relationship that caused me a lot of heartache. Uh, it traumatized me quite deeply. And nevertheless, I am kind of extreme in the sense that I will not allow myself to express anything but the complete truth. And so I went into this trauma place. I went into it and, and Michelle struggled with that. And I know now that in her mind, she told her stories like, oh, not another one, another of these men who can't stand up. And, and you know, that was, that was just her story. It wasn't exactly what was playing out in front of her. Actually, I was being fearless in sharing something that was quite uh, vulnerable with her. So I'm saying this because your vulnerability has to be permitted in the relationship. As the masculine pole, you may want to be the one holding space for her vulnerability more of the time. But if your vulnerability isn't welcome at all, then you're going to become a stereotype of a man. You're going to be one of these hard-edged, you know, David Data bots that are like trying to be the rock. And it's kind of pathetic, actually. Because this turns the masculine into this 
wandering head that is intellectualizing himself into being the strong man, but not actually being in his heart and his balls because he's not allowed to drop deeper in himself. And so you have to have that permission. You have to have that permission from yourself, essentially. You're not actually asking permission from her, but you need you need to give yourself that permission. And if she isn't able to receive you there consistently over time, you're going to be in a very, very, very difficult spot. You're probably with somebody who has a father wound and is looking for you to be her surrogate daddy who is perfect and is like God. Completely perfect. You're providing her with everything. You're strong all of the time. You have money all of the time and all these things. And she's now essentially more of a gold digger, really. And so there's nuance here. There's nuance here. But the essence of what I'm saying is that you need to have your heart and your innocence present in your relationship. Because when you do, your playfulness gets to shine forth. When your little boy feels safe, because you're holding him, mainly, then you can be so playful with your partner. You cannot be only playful, though, if you're going to be in a healthy relationship. You also need to be the man who holds that standard I was talking about, but who also is assertive, who's very clear about what he wants, and who's very clear with his boundaries. And that combination is super hot. It's a super hot combination. So the boyishness, the playfulness, that you can actually use to be kind of cocky with her and to tease her and, and to have your heart in it as you do so, because the playfulness doesn't come as a defense, but as an expression of your innocence. And then at the same time, have the standards, be assertive, be strong. And then to be able to switch between those two quite flexibly so that within the span of a minute, you can be in both of those poles and really fill the world of your partner with a lot of energy, with a lot of joy, but also with a sort of penetrating, claiming presence. Now, these are just some of the principles that you will need to live into in order to find yourself in a relationship that is deeply supportive. And I hope this has been helpful. And I'm going to now return my attention with you to nature. My hands are cold. I think this is the first time I've been recording this podcast this season where my hands are actually cold holding the microphone. But uh, it's getting closer to the freezing point. The undergrowth and the moss on the ground here is very soft. It's kind of like a bed, very cushy. And the deer are now gone. Still can't see the other side. Very, very misty. There's something about this kind of mist, this kind of veil that um, is quite mysterious to me. It gives my surroundings a bit of a mythical feel, like what is hidden beyond the mist. 
And I think a lot of the time that is a relevant question for us in life. What is hidden beyond the mist? My mist, do I need to clear up some of my own fog in order to find what I'm looking for? And so in this episode, I hope that one of the things that you heard really loud and clearly was that you have to be all in. You have to be black or white in relationship. You have to be yes or no. This in-between thing, that's fog, that's mist, and everything will be mysterious to you. You won't even know what you want. But once you just decide, and you're like all in, say that all in is white or full green, green light, then now the mist clears up, and you actually start to see things that you haven't been able to see. This is the key, maybe the main key to healthy relationship. Be all in or all out. And it's just the greatest gift to yourself to be clear on this in your relationship. I'm close to returning to my home now. I hope this has been helpful. I hope you found some inspiration for ways that you can show up in your relationship in a positive, healthy, life-affirming way. And may you find that this material makes your relationship a little bit more nourishing in these times when there are powerful forces literally scheming to break apart marriages, breaking apart intimate relationships. And to the degree to which you're aware of this, I just encourage you to do this. Tell them to fuck off. And as a little extra exercise, perhaps, you could take what I've been speaking about today and map it over to the King, Warrior, Magician, Lover archetypes. Because everything that I've just been speaking about is archetypal. Everything. Your capacity to be playful and innocent your capacity to be assertive, to be strong, all of these things, to have a vision, to have a standard. Maybe you can discover a little bit more about the archetypal realms by journaling a little bit on that. Love will prevail through these dark times and I hope and trust that you will be one of the reasons for why that will be so. Have yourself a great weekend and I will speak to you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me in this week's Walking with the Archetypes. It's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. And don't forget, you are invited to come walk with me next Friday when we will take another deep dive into the archetypal realms. To go deeper with this masculine operating system, head over to MasculineOS.com for a comprehensive free guide. <music>